Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. This platform is designed to share coaches, leaders, and influencers' journeys and experiences. Hope you're inspired by them so that you can serve others better and inspire them as well. Today's guest is Dr. Lisa Campos. Dr. Campos is the Director of Athletics at the University of Texas at San Antonio. We talked to her today about serving student athletes, about diversity, about integrating her family into her career, and also about networking. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Campos. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time so much. We've been trying to get this done for a while, and I just think it's an honor to have you on uh, here locally, University of Texas at San Antonio. You're, you serve as the athletic director, and you know I feel like it's important to hear everyone's story that I find interested. But I think I think a lot of people find interest in your story as well. So here again, uh, thank you for being on with us. Well, happy to do it. Wonderful. Now I want to start it off like I do every episode in that. How were you introduced to athletics? <laughs> so it's a very long story. And um, I know you, you have limited time in your podcast, but um, essentially I, I started my career in student affairs and higher education and always envisioned being a vice president for student affairs and wow. started my career do, doing a campus discipline. I was an assistant dean of students and just got to know uh, the athletic department really well through a variety of ways, sat on committees and got to know the staff and long story short, um, the, uh, senior woman administrator and associate athletic director, she had gotten another job and the athletic director at the time, Bob Stoll said, uh, Hey, I, I know your work. I know you're very connected with the campus. Why don't you come try athletics out? And honestly, I, I wasn't sure that that was the, the direction I wanted to go. My life was in student affairs and after consulting with uh, many of my mentors in student affairs, they said, Lisa, listen, that's a place that you can really make a difference. They need more people with your sort of background. And if you absolutely hate it, we will create a position for you at the respective schools we're at. So wow. I said, listen, I'm going to take the chance and uh, had a really unique and unbelievable opportunity to, to start, start my career in interfleet athletics. Um, it was at the University of Texas at El Paso at UTEP and have never looked back since. Wonderful. That's a great story because uh, our mentors mean so much to us, whether we kind of experience it the way you did or not, because we never know down the road. We, we, those of us listening, those of us who have mentors that we hold close to us, and maybe not so close yet, right? Because it's a process. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we never know when that comes in handy, but to always be of service whenever we can. And that'll take Absolutely. us places because I think that's what you're, you, you said you were in student affairs and you're kind of in that space. And then to make that transition or pivot, if you will, like everybody likes to say now, uh, <laughs> pivot. And, uh, you know, it's more about organization and professionalism and a lot of other things than it is just showing up to games and, you know, kissing babies, slapping backs, all <laughs> that stuff. It's just way more to it. And I think that's uh, that's fantastic how you made that crossover transition, a pivot, however you want to put it. I just think that that speaks to what the position and in, in the space of uh, athletic administration is, 
is that it's not necessarily about being a, a, a prior to the to your experiences of playing the game or you know being the greatest uh you know uh you you have a shrine in the organization or facility that you're a part of i mean it's like you really took it upon yourself to jump into an intentional way of doing it so that's fantastic a great story now athletics overall what was like from your view from your lens how did you view athletics overall it's <laughs> a great question. So, of course, um, I, you know, as you point out, you know, my, my life was about student affairs and about serving students. And I think with my background, just um, not unique to UTSA, which is why I love it here. But, you know, I, I was a first generation college graduate. I got nice. onto a campus and, and didn't, you know, know how to navigate. And, and that's how I got my start in in and my passion for serving students. And that's what I've always wanted to do is, is to make a positive impact in the lives of 18 and 22 year olds. And so that's where really all my focus has been. And, and the stops I've made, I've made sure that it's in alignment with who I am. And, mm -hmm. and you look at the three schools I've been at, they're all about access to education. They're about serving um, first generation students, about serving rural students um, when I was at NAU. And and so that's why I've always looked at how can I be a role model to not just student athletes, but to the rest of the campus. And how can I serve um, not just student athletes, but for the whole uh, campus community. And so that's really been important to me. Um, so it, it, again, it's not necessarily about the athletic side of it, but really about the, the um, student affairs part of it. Right. No, because there's so much uh, interaction that takes place when you try to build uh, school spirit, if you will, and just a sense of uh, community. I think because of our, our background in the Hispanic community, it's all about community at the end of the day. And when you can bring that to a, uh, a an organization, an institution, the kid, you'll, you'll see uh, more retention, if you will. Uh, and I think that's, you know, serving people. That's fantastic. I love how you're using that term, serving <laughs> especially like you said about yourself being a first generation graduate, uh, you know, and aligning. <laughs> I think so much of us, we look for things to be a part of that just will make us more money, will bring us more notoriety, some panache, if you will. But, mm -hmm. you know, aligning who you are with what you're doing, that is a key to staying to sustainability as far as your career. So fantastic stuff. I mean, you're saying a lot and not saying a whole lot, but you know, it, it really does speak to those listening that say, I don't know what I want to do past where I'm at. And sometimes I think there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing now. I'm pretty sure. But to look further down, maybe you can evolve as, as however, you know, definitely don't ever devolve, but <laughs> evolve into something that you never know you could do. And I think that's, that's the story I'm hearing from you because it always involves people. So that's great. Now, as far as the sports administration side and kind of, you kind of give us a run on how you got into that. Now, the mentors, is there anybody in particular that, that kind of gave you that last push? Like, Hey, this is, this is it. And if so, who, and what did they say? Gosh, I've been really fortunate and, and I'm having a little bit of problems with my audio. I hope you can hear me. Yeah, but, I can um, hear you. Great. I have been so fortunate to have so many folks in my life. And when we talk about this, you know, you, people really need to understand that, that you cannot accomplish the things you want without the people you surround yourself True. with. And for me, um, you know, even as a graduate assistant at my alma mater at, at Colorado State, 
you know, I, I kept connected with all those assistant vice presidents and vice presidents and, um, and in a roundabout way, you know, what, one of the, uh, my mentors ended up being in Arizona when I got the Northern Arizona university job. And, you know, it's a, it's a small world and we stay connected, but I would say again, even starting from grad school, a lot of mentors, um, in my grad program, who took me under their wing, but then from an athletic standpoint, it was really the athletic director at, at UTEP at the time. Again, he'd been there for 18 years and that was an individual who saw something in me and pushed me and pushed me to, to be involved with NCAA committees, um, asked me or pushed me to, to be involved in a NCAA program that, that prepared young professionals to be athletic directors. And even though that might not have been my aspiration at the time, he said, listen, you're going to do this. I want you to, to get the skill set and whatever you end up doing with it, that's your choice. But he's the one who really pushed me and, and just saw uh, something in me and, and I'll forever be grateful to him. That's fantastic. You know, and I, and I think all of us who are not getting younger, see a younger generation and say to ourselves, how can I inspire them in that same manner? How can I see that it or whatever it takes in someone else to kind of pay it forward or, you know, kind of pass along that whole, the whole idea of empowering people. And I think that's, that's kind of what you're talking about empowerment. And so that's fantastic. That's great that somebody could see that in you and then be able to have the relationship with you to say, to give you that, that bit of information to help you along. That's fantastic. Now in that space, in the athletic administration space, your first year, like walking into it, is there any specific experience or moment that you can go back and say, wow, this is different that, that you can recall? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it, when I moved from student affairs into athletics, um, it, it was very much a, a culture shock. I, um, you know, I, I, again, had not grown up in the, um, in division one athletics and, um, I'd grown up just really being surrounded by student affairs folks in, in my graduate program. And um, so the diversity was very different than uh, my life in student affairs um, and diversity in a lot of different ways from, um, you know, gender diversity to ethnic diversity to race. Um, so that, that was eye opening to me. And then really um, just the, the, the opportunity, you know, to, work with students and see what an incredible experience intercollegiate athletics can do for, for an individual. That was very eye-opening to myself as well, that not realizing how employers really want to hire student-athletes and not realizing all the skill set that these student-athletes receive. And so that was, again, my introduction to athletics. And then moving along the ranks, becoming an athletic director, um, it, you know, it, it became much more apparent to me it is so critical to surround, again, surround yourself by very talented individuals who you don't have to micromanage, who are very self-motivated, and who really know their role in the, in the organization. Yeah. No, you are your staff. You are those that you delegate, delegate things to, you know, because how they, how they do anything is how they do everything, as they say. And, uh, Absolutely. and, and that's a reflection of you. Because here again, you empowered them. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times as coaches and as, as athletic directors, you know, at the level that I'm at, we've always had so many people surrounding a program, right? Parents, other staff, 
other coaches, and then we have some success and it kind of gets to our head. Uh, just to be completely honest, that's no, there's no, you know, lying about that. And yet we need to take the time constantly. Anybody listening who goes through that, <laughs> which is, I think most people when they have some success is just remember who got you there, what got you there, where you came from, and just reflecting on how you can get better because that's what ultimately we got to do. And so, yeah, great stuff. Diversity. I think that's one thing we all kind of eye opening situations when we first started college because we all came from our, our, our smaller communities and it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Wow. This is different. A whole new world. And, <laughs> and, and uh, that's what I love a lot about athletics is just ultimately you bring a bunch of people together who may have different backgrounds, different preferences, uh, different agendas even. And you put them together on one team for one collective goal. And so, yeah, that definitely is something I, like you talked about employers wanting. Uh, because when they when you have people that can have already learned how to operate in that system, they can get a lot done, you know, for that, you know, employer. So, yeah, fantastic. Now, given every experience you've had at UTEP uh, at Northern Arizona and, and now, uh, how's, how's your previous work, even in student affairs, How's that served you well now at UTSA? Yeah, for me, again, and I know I'll sound like a broken record, but it, <laughs> it is always been about going back to, to serving students. And even when we hire, whether it's coaches, whether it's um, administrative staff, that's what I always talk to them about is, listen, athletics, it's fun. It's, you know, there's a lot of great opportunity. But at the end of the day, we're doing this for, for 350-plus student-athletes and also, um, particularly here at UTSA, we're doing it for the rest of the college campus that we want to be an integral part of the undergraduate experience. And athletics can do that and be so positive to other students who aren't necessarily student athletes. So that we remind ourselves all the time that we are here to serve students, to listen to them, um, and to, to help them have an exceptional experience, not only in their in competition, but in academics. And that's the ultimate goal is that we are in higher education. These students should leave with a degree in hand. Um, and again, have had just a, a great experience personally and through their competition. Fantastic. Yeah. That, those are all the things I think most institutions have in mind, but when you can do it on a larger level, sometimes that even has more, I don't know, oomph to the end of the day kind of idea is like at the end of the day, you need to leave her with your education. Yes. It's, it's really fun to participate and beat your chest when you do something great on the field or on the court or whatever. But at the end of the day, you walk away with an opportunity that opens up doors and those open up other doors. I mean, it just fantastic mindset for, for a program and for an institution like you're talking about that. It's kind of a, it's a collective goal, a collaboration with everybody. So that's great. Now, uh, I know I talked a little bit about as an athletic director, how some people kind of don't understand all that goes into that position, but I want you to give me some common misperceptions you feel that people have about athletic directors at the collegiate level. Oh, I think people think that we sit around and go to practices and competitions and <laughs> sort of just sit back and, um, that's what our life is. And then we have the you know entire summer off and, <laughs> Um, that, that perhaps we're, you know, just kind of, like you said, golfing all the time and, and there's so much more to that. I mean, it is, it is 
a lifestyle. And that's, you know, we talked to our, our staff and coaches about that as well, that it's not eight to five. It's weekends, it's evenings. It is very much a lifestyle and we bring our families into this lifestyle. And, um, but it, it's really about knowing a, a, a broad scope of different things from academics to sports medicine, to development, fundraising, ticket sales, that there are so many areas within athletics. And as an athletic director, you got to lead all those areas. But again, it goes back to hiring um, great directors who can manage their units and, and make sure that we're all um, working together and, and making, again, this experience great for our students and for our fans. That's great. Yeah. I think, I think uh, at some point too, I think I've, I've looked at some ADs and I'm like, they show up, you know, the high, the high profile ones, they're showing on ESPN and, you know, their names across the bottom and they're showing a, a still photo or video footage of them. And they're like, they're just, you know, hanging out, you know, <laughs> here again with the, with the uh, alumni hanging out, smoking cigars and just chilling up in the, the boxes. And yeah, no, I'm sure it's, <laughs> I'm, positive it's not like that for everyone and not even them i think it, it's there's just more uh i don't know when you're in power you have authority sometimes people have a, a, the wrong perception of how you got there first of all and how you stayed there <laughs> because it's one thing to get there it's another thing to stay there and so that's great thank you for breaking that down because I, I i want people to hear that i want people to understand that uh, especially for those that, you know, down the line, uh, you know, aspire to, to be in, in athletic administration. Now, I guess I guess my question is you kind of answered about if you were not in athletics as far as in student affairs. But let's say Dr. Campos decided I don't want to be in student affairs or athletics. What else would you be doing? You know, it, it's definitely something in service, something helping. Um, again, I, I go back to my background and I was um, I had very humble beginnings, um, but just had great people, whether it was through Girl Scouts, whether it was through, um, you know, just first generation programs that, that I got exposed to a lot of different things that, that maybe my community or my parents weren't able to do. And um, so something in service to help um, kids in particular, to help girls um, be successful, um, to, to help uh, individuals achieve their goals of, of getting a bachelor's degree or beyond. So it's definitely something in service that, that, um, that to repay what, what has been given to me. Fantastic. Now there, there's more and more programs I see, uh, being created for young women and girls. I have four daughters. So that kind of, that really tickles my ears when I hear people say stuff like that, because in and of myself, in our family unit, we can do it. We can do, but when there's others outside of our our little world that want to help, that's fantastic. Because then I, I have a I have a clearer understanding of how else you know it takes a village, as they say. But there's also people outside the village that have their own village, and they can work with you to to, to kind of help your kids and and those that you love reach their goals and their potential. So fantastic stuff to, to hear that. You know, because like I said, it all I have a vested interest when it comes to uh, having daughters and females in my life. That, that that is something that's that really hits home. Now, your operating procedures, your day to day, because of COVID, because of all, everything that we've seen the last year, that's been just wild, uh, unprecedented type stuff. How have you become more innovative and creative during this time? 
Uh, that's a great question. You know, it, in this COVID world, we it, there will be things that, that we continue to do, and it's really enabled us, and I'm sure you've heard this, is um, to be connected mm-hmm. in ways that we didn't think that we could be connected, right? Yeah. That um, before, our offices for administration was, were actually off campus, and we're like, oh, it's so hard to be connected to, to the rest of the campus. And now through COVID, we, and although we are a little bit teams and, and, um, you know, videoed out, <laughs> zoomed out, it, it has brought to light how we can really connect yeah. without being in the same buildings and how yeah. to have meetings in that way. And, you know, now that is not going to replace our human contact and, and how we, you know, get business done through, through the hallways, through small conversations, but to be connected, to connect with our donors and our fans that way, you know, not having to, to make a trip to, you know, whether it's Dallas or outside of, out of Texas, that we can connect with those folks. We can bring ourselves to their homes through, uh, through the technology. So that's been really interesting. And then just to find efficiencies, you know, we've gone through and things that we thought were really important. You know, you look at the recruiting world right now, that yeah. our coaches across the nation, Division One have not been able to be on official visits. They haven't been able to have kids on the campus. Again, we don't want that all to be replaced, but we have found innovative ways to bring the campus into the homes of those students. We've upped our game in in how we've produced videos, um, our campus tours, all of those things in in conjunction with admissions. So we've been able to do it. And and our, our coaches have had really great signing classes despite not being out and about meeting with those students. Yeah, I think efficiency, like you're talking about, that is what we're all learning. We're all learning to to kind of get over ourselves and how we, some of us thought we were so innovative prior that we were like, wow, now we have to change again. Like now, right. we, now we have to figure out something else again. And that's, that's so funny to me because we thought the, the technology and the advancement and the progression was like out of this world. And now we're kind of forced, not into, it's not primitive ways of doing things, but almost now we're having to value that, that FaceTime more. We're having to value uh, people's words more when we do see them and the contact we do have. And so I think that's a blessing in disguise because now we have the best of both worlds because we're now we're more intentional. And I think that's, that's the, that should, that should have been the goal from day one is how intentional are you living? How are you making decisions in life? that are going to help others. Like you talked about service this whole time. Now I know your basketball coaching staff very well, coach Hanson, coach Peck, who is a mentor of mine, uh, coach hood, really good people. And yeah, that recruiting stuff, having to watch videos, having to go into synergy, having to do all these things that it changes it up. But I know for a fact, most coaches, they're having, they have more time at home now. And I think that's so valuable. It's like another blessing in disguise. Now, I don't know if at the administrative level, you're thinking like, yeah, great. Now I don't have them here whenever I want them. But, you know, at the end of the day, quality of life. I think we're learning how to have a better quality of life through this that that, that could possibly destroy institutions. And as you talked about, uh, you know, budgets and all that, you know, taking hits like that, that definitely is a, is a bright side of the whole deal. So. Yeah. No, you're you're so right. You know, I, I reflect back to March, and now it's because it's such a normal thing. I I hardly, you know, I have a six year old son, and um, our family, you know, it, it's just the three of us. We 
never had, you know, five days straight of a, of a uh, dinner together. Mm. And when COVID hit, oh my gosh, we were having, you know, every day we're having dinner together. And, and then my son at six years old wants to play board games during dinner <laughs> and with things that we were never doing that, that really brought us closer together. With, it's amazing. And yeah, so there's definitely been some very uh, positive things that have happened through this. Yeah. Here again, the progression of life that we were going a thousand miles an hour and just making strides to, you know, just to be be the best, work in excellence. And then now we had to slow down and kind of size things up. Yet, <laughs> yet that whole idea of home, it's not going to, you, you talked about it earlier, about integrating your home life. That's fantastic too, because I think a lot of people don't do that in, in the athletic world is, you know, I don't take work home, but why don't you bring home to work sometimes in a sense? Why don't right. you integrate that? Because you're not going to have work-life balance if otherwise, because there's almost no such thing. You know, right. but when you do integrate your family into the whole operations, they feel like they're they're a part of it. They're, they're a stakeholder because they definitely are. They they're the ones that keep you sane at home or put up with yeah. you, one or the other. And so that that's great. Now, given the leadership role that you're in and that you serve in, how do you view leadership opportunities for minorities in college? Uh, especially you know here at the universities, small colleges. How, how do you view like? Because I, I look at things and. You know, I know how I feel about it and the opportunities that are there for leadership. But how do you think, how do you view that for minorities? Yeah, it's so critical to have a diverse work staff. And, you know, it is about so much about your network and about, you know, when you have those opportunities that you're you're not doing what's easy and, and maybe just putting that advertisement out and waiting to see. It is active recruitment and we talk to our staff about this all the time as well, that it, if we want really good people, we want diversity of thoughts, you have got to be very active, um, not only in growing your network and meeting folks and um, particularly in the industry, but then when you have those opportunities to, um, to hire positions that you are actively engaged in that process. Wow. And then internally too, it's, it's about providing opportunities to your internal staff that it's not always looking out outside either that within your staff, there's a lot of talent and helping to identify that talent. But at the same time, I always tell our staff too, that they need to tell us what their goals are, Mm, that we can't assume that for them. And they need to be really vocal about what, what they want to do. Um, you know, what are their short long-term goals? Wow. And you know, that, that speaks to just, you don't ask, you don't get almost. And, right. uh, and it, it, that's kind of crude in that sense, or just kind of raw. But I think at the end of the day, that's if you're a go getter. And I think you as uh, here again, as the athletic director, the people who come to you show show that kind of desire and that hunger, then you have a you have a clue as to how I guess they'll go about obtaining that as opposed to the person expects you to read their mind and then one day complains to you about they never got an opportunity when you never knew they needed one. I mean, I've I've been married for 18 years and I still can't read minds. I I just, I'm not good at it. I'm really not. So I know with people that I don't live with, I, I need them to tell me and vice versa. And I think that's what you're talking about. Communication uh, being clear about what everybody's goals are, maybe not agendas because it's kind of hard to tell with that, but what their goals are. And then you can f- help facilitate that. That's great. 
I think that's great for people listening is to know that there are people who are looking to help facilitate. Just ask or just, you know, you said, let us know what your goals are. That's great. Now, your your why, right? We're all looking for the why. Why do we do what we do, Uh, Dr. Campos? Why do you do what you do? You know, again, it, it goes back to my background, but I had unbelievable individuals who helped me through life. Um, there, you know, I, I talked to the student athletes about this, that every statistic, you know, I, again, I grew up in a, in a town of 3,548 in my graduating class. Mm. Um, every statistic said I should have never gotten a bachelor's degree, let alone a doctorate degree. Um, growing up in a rural town, growing up female, being Latina. Um, every statistic says I should not be sitting here with a doctorate or being a division one athletic director. And there are people in my life who helped me get here. And I, I need to pay that back, um, to, to folks who look like me and who have the same experience as me. And, um, and, you know, doing that again at institutions like a UTSA where it really fits who I am and, and to help hopefully make a, a small impact, positive impact on, on those lives is really what, what my why is. That's fantastic. You know, and I think, a lot of people don't, I don't know how to say this other than to just say it the way I, I know to say it. A lot of people think that Hispanics, uh, other minorities, when they get a, a, a position of, of power and authority that they don't look to help others of their own kind, if you will. I don't want to make it sound like we're mm-hmm. aliens or anything, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? And I think they think, well, you think you're too good now. You think, you know, you made it, you made it out the hood, you know, like everybody <laughs> talks about, right? You made it out the, the barrio. But at the, the reality is that I think a lot of people in those positions are looking to just pay, like you're saying, pay it forward, pay it back. And so though, here again, I, I love for my listeners to hear this. And that's why I always, t- always tell my listeners in the middle of a conversation like this, listen to what she's saying, because <laughs> she's telling you, if you just speak up, if you look and you ask, and you know what you're looking for. You ain't she the the the, uh, the person in charge, the authority figure, the uh, superior. However you want to look at it, they may not be able to give you that opportunity, but they may know somebody who can. And I think that's just as important uh, is to feel that sense of I can connect you to somebody if I can't. And so that's fantastic. Now, your support system. You talked about you know your husband and your son. How important is that? You know, because I know the pressures, the the stresses, because there are stressful moments, I'm sure, in your position. How important is your support system with your family and maybe even beyond that? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, and I talk to, to um, women particularly about this when they're aspiring to, to be an athletic director or to, to have a leadership role in athletics is that it is critical to, to have that support at home. And, and I have an incredible husband who... You know, for probably the first few years of our son's life, I mean, our son was on his lap all the time, you know, <laughs> going to these athletic events, and um, he was up late, and, and he was he is, continues to be so incredible in, in helping at home and um, understanding this role, And but like you said, you know, it's a family affair, and we, we do everything together, and I always joke that my six-year-old is either going to love athletics or hate it, you know, because he's... <laughs> He comes to everything, and, yeah. and so far he loves it, and he Good. loves the Roadrunners, and um, every every little league team he's on, he convinces the team to, to call themselves the Roadrunners. So he's <laughs> all in right now. <laughs> he, he bought in. That's good. He is. 
That's fantastic. I think that's something that, you know, you talk about being a first generation graduate and, and, in, the, and in the space you're in, you're in and kind of having that experience now, your son can reproduce that same experience for his family and knows his way around those type of, you know, the, those settings and also the people, the diversity of the people, the uh, just being a people person like the way you are and maybe your husband is as well. That that's that's a lot. That's a that's worth more than any amount of money you could possibly leave for your children. Just quite honestly, like it's yeah. it's great to leave uh, uh, money for your kids, obviously to set them up if something were to happen or if you're gone. But an inheritance that nobody can take away. It's an inheritance that I think here again, being a people person, I come from the same kind of stock where my grandfather, my dad, my mom all people persons and just really helped me to kind of see life differently. And I think that's great. That's fantastic. Now about yourself, because we, you know, we want to be kind of reflective in our lives at certain times, especially right now where we're kind of, well, myself on this break. And there's times where I just get really reflective and like, what, how am I operating? Am I, am I doing the best I can? Can I get better? I mean, which are all, all obviously true, but how and who am I and where, you know, those type of things. I would ask that about yourself, uh, Dr. Campos. What have you learned about yourself throughout your career? You know, it's a great question. I I would say that I definitely am resilient um, and that I'm, I'm brave that, you know, you talked about earlier, you know, for, for this Wasina first generation kid to, to, go off to college. Oh my God. I was like the devil child in our, in our Mexican family that why are you leaving? And, um, and, and it started then to have the courage to, and for my fan, for my mom and dad to have the courage to say, Nope, this is what's best for her. And, yeah, yeah. and then again, that resiliency that, uh, you know, you talk about 10% of females, um, are athletic directors at the division one level. Like it, mm. it's just a small percentage. Yeah. And then, then you add in being Latina, but that, you know, I think there's two of us at the, at the division one level, yeah. um, FBS with football. And, um, so just being resilient. And then, like you said, uh, uh, being a connector that I love being, um, of service to students. I love connecting folks and connecting with people. And, um, so probably in particularly in this pandemic, just to, to go back to those, roots and to, um, to get us through this and, and remembering what, what's got me through the last, you know, two decades of my life in, in this world. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, you, you talk about the lack of, I mean, representation, that means a lot. It really does. Uh, when here again, my daughters, they see someone like yourself in the position you're in there's this kind of like, I can, I can identify. She looks like me. I could do this. Uh, that means a lot to a lot of people, whether they say it or not, whether they, uh, you know, talk about it enough or not, it, it, it means something. So I think that's fantastic how you're, you're, you're taking that approach and understanding that, uh, you know, cause we all learn things about ourselves on the daily, I would hope. And most of it, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not that great. And I was like, wow, Realize I was that kind of a person. Goodness, I need to change that. Uh, and so that's great that that you kind of intentionally go about it that way. Now, my last question is always about legacy because I believe you know you got to begin with the end in mind. 
And, and that's one of Kobe's, you know, habits. And I think that's the most important habit for those of us who aspire to do more in life or do for others in life and that uh, our legacy, what, what do we want to do? Now, I would ask you, Dr. Campos, what would you want to be said of you when your career is all said and done? Yeah, it goes back to my theme that, that when this is all said and done, that, that folks can say, you know what, she really had a positive impact on the lives of 18 to 22-year-olds and and did things for them so that they had a, a exceptional experience, um, not just, again, in, in athletics, but also in academics. And, um, and it, it, it will go back to that. And then to your point, you know, being a role model that, um, I probably need to give more thought to that and, um, and how, how I do that in this community. But I do hope that I am a role model to, to folks out there because when you do see it, you can become it. Mm-hmm. And that is really important. Fantastic. Dr. Campos, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. No, likewise. Thank you all so very much for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. I love what I'm doing and I love the fact that you're listening. So you follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Leave feedback via uh, iTunes and Rated and all that good stuff so we can look nice and pretty on there. And, uh, you know, just leave feedback. I want to hear from you all because I appreciate you taking the time and making the time to, to listen in. So here again, thank you so very much.